Amen. Please be seated. Matt's going to come and sing for us at this time.
Well, would you agree with me today if I said this, that hope is here? Would you? Hope is here. If you, if you disagree with me, I hope by the time you leave today, notice I said I hope by the time you leave today that you can agree with me that hope is here. I want to read one verse and we'll look at a message entitled Hope is Here. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse number 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word of the Lord. Lord, we bow thanking You for Your Word. Lord, we thank You for the message that we've heard in song today. And now, Lord, as we look into your word, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would show us what it is you would have us to learn as we have gathered together today for that sole purpose, to glorify you in all that we do. And we pray in your name. Amen. I looked at the word Advent this week, and as we enter the Advent season... Uh, That word Advent simply means arrival. And it refers to the arrival of Christ Jesus into the world in which we live. Well, Advent season starts four weeks prior to Christmas. And then, of course, it concludes with the celebration of the birth of Christ Jesus. But I want us to see this morning under God's leading that Advent is the season built around Christian hope. You hear it all the time. Oh, there's no hope. Do you not? Have you heard that? Oh, there is no hope. Have you ever said that? Oh, there is no hope. Christian hope. Let me give you a definition that I hope we can hold on to, and it's this. It's when God has promised that something is going to happen, and we put our trust in that promise. We might not know when, 
We may not know how, but God has promised it and we must believe it. Therefore, church, we have hope. Christian hope. Biblical hope has as its foundation faith in God. How much faith do we have in God? We base our lives, I pray, on faith in God. Believing that God always, not sometimes, but God is always faithful. Christian hope is a reality, not a feeling. It's a reality, not a feeling. Christian hope carries no doubt. I hope if you came in today feeling kind of hopeless, that you will leave here today feeling hopeful. This Christian hope, this biblical hope, happens when a several things take place. One, when we find our salvation in Christ Jesus by placing our faith, our trust in Him. This Christian hope happens when we come to Him, when we call on Him in prayer. This Christian hope happens when we trust in His Holy Word. We see and understand what Christian hope is. We see how this Christian hope happens. But let me ask this. What about the attitude of so many people today when they hear the word hope. Oh, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. Oh, I hope such and such doesn't happen. In addition to that, the word hope is often followed by the word so. S-O. What about the answer that so many people give when asked if they are going to heaven when they die? You've heard it. I hope so. I hope so. You see, we need to understand, church, that's not the meaning of the word hope as translated in the Bible. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we all know that verse, or we have heard it before, or read it before. Let me, let me read it to us. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we find faith defined in two ways. One, as the substance of things hoped for. Faith is what creates our hope. Faith in what? Faith in whom? I have faith in you that you're going to be here each week. You have, I hope you have faith in me that I'm going to be here each week to, to preach a sermon. Second way that word is defined, or we find faith defined this way, as the evidence of things not seen. So, in, so to have faith... We must have something that we can trust. 
You see, I was thinking about this week, I was thinking about lottery tickets. No, not buying one, but I was thinking about lottery tickets. <clears throat> and how you go to a store, and, and you kind of in a hurry, you want to get a pack of M&M's and a Diet Pepsi that you really don't need, and you want to get back on the road, and guess what? Two or three people in line buying lottery tickets. And they take about five or six or sometimes ten minutes to get through. And you're in a hurry. And as I look at people that stand in line for that, you see real Christian hope is not like a lottery ticket that someone scratches off and hope they win. With Jesus, listen, with Jesus Christ, hope is a sure thing. We can count on it. We can count on it. And because love is born, get this, because love is born, hope is here. Because love is born, hope is here. When, when Christ was born many, many years ago, something else was born. Your hope and my hope. When He was born, our hope was born. We had hope. So we ask, why was this birth of Christ so important? Why was it such a big deal? Because slightly over 2,000 years ago, God steps down from, from the portals of heaven and becomes a human being just like you and just like me. And we call Him Jesus. And the Bible says in the verse that we just read in John 1.14 that the Word became flesh, literal flesh, just like you and me. The Word that is Jesus, if you look back up in John chapter 1.1, says, talks about the Word, that's Jesus. He became flesh. Now I want you to stop right there for just a moment and let that sink in. Think about it. Think about it. God incarnate, God in the flesh, just like you and just like me. And you say, why in the name of glory did He do such a thing? You know why, don't you? Don't you? Because He loves us that much. Became, that word became, the word became flesh, emphasizing that Christ was taking on or took on humanity. Now flip back in Hebrews, that same book, chapter number 2. Let me share these verses with you. Find verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime... Subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give, uh, he does not give aid to the angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able and uh, to aid those who are tempted. God became a man. Can I remind you 
Because He loves us so much. Because He loves us so much. And that in in and of itself is the reason you and I should celebrate as Christmas quickly approaches. Back to John 1.14. I don't know if you've ever really pondered that verse, really thought about it. But folks, I want us to really consider that verse, John 1.14. It is really, really profound. Why is it so profound? It is profound because it indicates some of the following things. This is what it indicates that God did. The infinite became finite. The infinite became finite for you and me. The eternal was now confined to time. We humans are confined to time, correct? The Bible says that Jesus was just like us. He was a human. Of course, He didn't sin. Something else, the invisible became visible. Couldn't see God. Now, Jesus born, we can see God. The supernatural reduces Himself to the natural. Now, I want to keep in mind something here. In the incarnation, the word Jesus did not cease to be God. So what does that make Him? 100% God, 100% man. God-man. Can you totally wrap your brain around that? If you can, let me know how. But God in human form, in the flesh. And I want to end this way. Isaiah chapter 9. Please turn there if you have your Bible. I want you to look at this. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Another indicator of hope, church. Another indicator of hope. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And you've heard this verse over and over during the Christmas season. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We we see here the prophet Isaiah as he gives to us, us today in 2017, five awe-inspiring names Of the Lord that should do what to us? That should encourage us. That should fulfill us. That should thrill us. Because it gives us hope. Please don't leave here today feeling hopeless. For the believer, there's hope. But what does he say? It says that he's our wonderful counselor. Wonderful Counselor. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Why ask of God? Because He's our wonderful Counselor. He can counsel us. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to Him. He is our mighty God. Matthew 19.26 says this, 
But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Man. See, God can change those impossibilities into possibilities. He's our everlasting Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom all... Uh, um, of whom all are things, of whom all are all things. And we for Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things, and through whom we live. He's our everlasting Father. Unfortunately, if we live long enough, we will outlive our fathers here on earth. They're not everlasting. Many of you have lost your fathers I have too. But our Heavenly Father is everlasting. And then let me close with this. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of, the, of His cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now He has reconciled in the body of, of His flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, and uh, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So he is our prince of peace. Our prince of peace. So here's the simple question for us today. Where is our hope in this Advent season? My prayer is that each one of us has placed our hope, our faith, our belief in the names mentioned in Isaiah 9, 6. In our wonderful counsel, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Where have we placed our hope? Join me in prayer. Father, thank You for Your Word today. Thank You for the simple message. As you have reminded us that here is hope. We have hope in you. Lord, how can we not hope in the one that gave his life for us? Lord, the only way someone is hopeless is because they are out of fellowship with you. They have not received Christ Jesus into their heart, into their life, to be Savior and Lord of their life. So I pray, God, if there is anyone here today that is hopeless, I pray, God, that they would, would, would become part of the fellowship. Holy Spirit, I pray that You would draw them unto Yourself. God, thank You for reminding us that we have hope that You are our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. What more do we need? So grant us, grant us Your peace.
in this Advent season. And we pray in your name. Amen.